Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Word from the Realm podcast, an in-depth look at the world of Sarah J. Mass. Join us as we fall through the Word Gate together to discover the true magic of these amazing realms. We are your hosts, Sarah, aka Rosebud. And I'm Avery, Freckles and Fiction. Today, we are doing a deep dive to focus on Throne of Glass, which is the first book in the Throne of Glass series. It is the first book. It is the first book. I know people are going to argue with me, but <laughs> obviously they're going to argue with you, but yeah. uh, we know that you're correct. Yes. Yeah. And you're, I will. You're the throne of glass girl. What are they going to do? Argue with you? I know I do. I want to <laughs> quickly note because I know someone's going to say this. I am aware that Sarah J. Mass recommends the reading order the Assassin's Blade first. I know that I disagree with her and I'm happy to still <laughs> I don't actually think it's, I would ever tell it's, her, but it's not often that you disagree with the author of a series, but this is it. This is in the one this time. instance. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And for anyone wondering, the series was published with Throne of Glass first. And then the, these novellas were published digitally at that time, like before the book mm-hmm. was released. And then she put them all together as a book after Crown of Midnight into the Assassin's Blade, which is the reading order we do. So Throne of Glass, Crown of Midnight, Assassin's Blade. Okay. Yep. There, that's my little reading order spiel. Love it or hate it. You can listen to these podcasts in any order, but Throne of Glass is going up first. So, yep. Throw that out there. But I'm really excited. So, Avery yeah. and I are going to talk about a few things. Number one, we're going to talk about our first reading journey of Throne of Glass. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about our reread, what we looked at yep. for the reread. And then we're going to do our chapter breakdown, which is going to be the most extensive part of this episode. Right. And then we have a few things we're going to touch on in the end. I just want to quickly note that we are keeping this minorly spoiler free regarding the series as much Um, as humanly possible as much as humanly possible however we will save time at the end to discuss full series spoilers and we will let you know because this is my fourth reread and your second your first reread it's my first reread yeah but it's your second time reading the series yes okay cool i'll let avery go first because avery read throne of glass after me and then i can talk about my throne of glass experience yeah so i Started my reading journey with Akatar and then found okay. Book Talk and Throne of Glass. Obviously, came up as like the next thing that I wait. Did read. you read? Did you read Akatar before getting on Book Talk? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I picked up Akatar on December twenty seventh of twenty twenty, and read the first book in a day. Got through all the rest of them in like the next two days, and then got on I was on TikTok and book talk was kind of like a thing but I wasn't active yeah and the first thing I ever duetted for book talk was your video about Nesta and Cassian wow yeah wow yeah that's the okay. first video I ever did for book talk was duetting you what's weird is you read Akatar yeah. when I had just finished Crescent City mm-hmm. so weird. I picked it yeah. So that's, and I, I mean, I had had Akatar for forever. I'd had it for like right. seven years because my friend recommended that I read it in college. So I picked up the first book. Okay. So I had the original cover and then I ordered ah. the rest of them and they were all in the new covers. And I was like, no, no, I hate this. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But anyway, so yeah, so I finished Silver Flames and knew I was going to go into a reading slump if I wasn't careful. So mm-hmm. Throne of Glass was the next obvious choice. I had tried picking up Crescent City and I couldn't do it. And I think it's one of those things where you just need to read that last anyway. So I had found your TikTok and I found on your TikTok the reading order in which you should read the books. And so I order. did. 
I did read it in your reading order the first time I read it. The only change I made was I flipped Tower of Dawn and Empire of Storms because I That's knew fine. I would. It would it would not go well for me. <laughs> That's fair. So yeah, I read um, All of Throne of Glass in two weeks, and I read Kingdom of Ash in one sitting. Okay, that's terrifying. I read the whole series in a week. I will say for context for anyone wondering. So what Avery is referring to around that time when she probably saw that reading order for me, we didn't have like playlists at the top of our profiles. So I would have to re-record the Throne of Glass reading order multiple times on my account because people would constantly ask and they didn't want to scroll, which is fair. There's a ton of videos and I get it. And the one that is currently pinned on my TikTok and the one that you probably saw at the time, I sound the most annoyed because at that point it was like the fourth or fifth time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going to put this in big, bold letters. We're just going to, yep. I'm never going to do this again. Spoiler alert. I, think, I still do it I, to this day. <laughs> but I think I had seen that. Like, I think I had seen your annoying one yeah. or you had been annoyed and you were like, I'm going to just pen it somewhere. And yeah. I, and I saw the big letters and I was like, I'm not even going to comment and ask. I'm just going to go find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, well, yeah. And it, and I get it. People are, it's, it's an eight book series, even yeah. like, I mean, you, you and I discuss like, there's so many series out there that are massive and they are overwhelming to know where to mm-hmm. begin. Like Zodiac yeah. Academy is the first one that comes to my mind. I haven't read it. Right. I don't know what order I'm going to read that in. Cause I know there's a prequel series and there's a actual series. So like, yeah. right. But anyways, I haven't um, read it either. So. Right. Yeah. So you and I will be like, um, so what's the reading order for? Is that yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get that to me? But yeah, so I found Throne of Glass on a whim. I started reading because of Book Talk. I was not an active member of Book Talk and I technically wasn't even on Book Talk, but I came across a TikTok about a touch of darkness. And I do remember that TikTok very vividly, read that series fell in love with it, fell in love back mm-hmm. with reading. And then I came across a TikTok about Throne of Glass and I can't tell you who the creator was or anything, but I believe the TikTok was like a, one of, you know, one of those ones where it's like an aesthetic and then they put a bunch of text over it. Yeah. The really difficult ones. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. Um, I guarantee you it was to like run boy run or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. And the, I remember what sold me on it was it was like, it's a fae romance. It was like a fae high fantasy romance. And right. keep in mind, I had not read any fae romances. Like I pretty much, I mean, before A Touch of Darkness, it was a lot of vampire books for me because I came from that generation. So do mm-hmm. you. So I never read fae, but I love fairies. Like I grew up loving it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. For anyone who's read Throne of Glass, like book one, that's not what I would label this as at all. Mm-hmm. Even to not this at day, all. that's like not what I would label it as. So uh, I was very frustrated and didn't necessarily enjoy my reading experience because I was misled, which is why I always try to like, it's like part of my mission. I'm like, okay, let me educate you on what this first book is like, because not what the rest of the series is, but it's an right. important like setup, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I read it in three days, which was kind of long for me. Okay. And it was fine. Yeah. The reread was better for anyone who has not done a reread. Let me just tell you when you have the time and the energy, please reread this book. Yeah, for sure. You notice so many things Mm -hmm. and we'll point some of them out. Yeah. I mean, even as we've been like going through the notes and doing stuff like, yeah, I reread it, but like 
even going through the notes is is a reread in and of itself because you're constantly looking for different things and pulling quotes and and so i've had to we split up the chapters but i have to read each chapter to write the summary for the chapter so like it's a reread regardless yeah so for anyone wondering what we're talking about with notes so on patreon which is going to be linked in the description for anyone who wants to join it Avery and I provide notes for every Sarah J. Mass book for our mass read along, which is a playoff of her last name. And they are, ex- I mean, these notes are extensive. 106 pages. They, yeah, the Throne of Glass notes are currently sitting at 106 <laughs> pages. That is just book one, by the way. Yeah. Um, they are not meant to be read front to back. We both it, would, would highly not recommend that. Um, I mean, you can, you but can, like, but even I, we you don't might do as well. That. You might as well just read the book. At that point. Yeah. <laughs> the point of these notes is to like help you find things and reference them. There's there. Yeah. We're, we're pulling quotes. We're giving you quick chapter summaries. And then there's also a Spotify playlist mm-hmm. that is linked because Avery and I can't do anything easy. No, we have to like make it the most extra it can possibly yeah, be. Absolutely. And, and they are full of our chaotic energy. 1000%. Don't think this is like some sentimental like movie playlist. Like yeah, yeah. there's some there's some songs in there. But yeah. there's also like Avatar the Last Airbender. <laughs> Secret tunnel friends. Secret, Secret tunnel. tunnel. <laughs> there is you a got la- so mad at me when I put that one in there. I la- I died laughing honestly. <laughs> there is Aladdin is in there for this. But the, I will tell you the first song I struggled the most with picking what that first song was going to be. And then it finally hit me that it was, it should be back to the beginning, which is from the movie Anastasia. So, and now every time I listen to it, I think about it because for us, it is like going back to the beginning. Like, so it's a sentimental thing, honestly. Mm -hmm. That one is Uh, the rest of the time. We're just trolling each other in the margins. (laughs) Yeah. I one day was like commuting and I called Avery and I was like, Avery, we're going to start Silver Flames off with Lizzo. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, just know the first song in the Silver Flames playlist is going to be Lizzo. It's going to be this song. Um, You can't change my mind. Thanks. Bye. And I hung up and she was like, yeah, hold on. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Exactly. One second. Just we're going to walk that one back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to need some explanation. If I have the explanation, I'm good. But like what? Yeah. Yeah. So please enjoy the playlist. It is available to the public. Um, But yeah. And they're um, fully chaotic. They're fully chaotic and they're lots of fun. I listen to it all the time. Yeah. And then I want to go back really quickly before we totally go back to these chapter notes, the reread. So I reread the series about a month after I finished it because last year I did a full Throne of Glass reread. It was a lot. It wasn't supposed to take the full year. And then about halfway through, we were like, oh, this is going to take the full year. This is, this is just another instance in which Sarah and I can't ever do anything easy. Yeah. So Sarah did this reread with her discord and this was before she and I had become friends also. Yes. So she did this of her own volition. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. And the, the reason I bring it up is because, so for me, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've gone through Throne of Glass, I think, because I I'll read the book. Like, just like Avery said, you read the book, you do the notes, you, you, you present it. So that's like yeah. three reads in a row. So this is a, by the end of this, Avery's going to be an expert in Throne of Glass like I am, because that's what happens. You, you remember things based off of these conversations. Yeah. Um, we'll get you there with Akatar too, love. Don't worry about it. Oh, I'm kind of already there, but like, yeah. I, I listen to Akatar <laughs> a ton, but yeah. um, the reason I bring it up is, is we had not intentionally planned for this. Oh, um, 
it is all because of one. We were going to take, we were going to take a break. We were going to do a totally different series and not even related to Sarah J. Mass at all. Yep. And then a certain book came out, which we're not going to get into, but Mm -hmm. that is what sparked all of this. So when it comes to this reread, Avery and I are looking for a few things. One of them being basically anything foreshadowing, which Throne of Glass is filled with foreshadowing of the whole series. Absolutely. The second being just info dumps. Like we're just looking for mm-hmm. big, ch- whether it's just series big, related or yeah, mass related. Big chunks of lore, anything we can tie back to mythology. She's very big on that. Yeah. That kind of stuff is additionally what we're looking for. And then. And then crossover. Yeah. Which we won't go into why, except Avery and I have been doing this from the beginning. We always look for crossover yeah. stuff, but we're really looking for it this time around. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll touch on it for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, so, you know, before books came out, Sarah and I would get together and we talk about, well, what if this happened? Could these books cross over? Would this be a thing? So yeah. we were constantly looking at into that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's yeah. just a more in-depth, more detailed search now. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. It is a lot of fun now that we have a little bit more information to back yeah. this on. If, if that's- we're not, we're not super crazy anymore. We're just crazy at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, we're, 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 if we're being honest, we're still super crazy, Yeah, but yeah. like more people understand us now. Yeah. If you know, Sarah J. Mass and you're listening to this, please don't send her this podcast. Like, yeah, just don't. please don't because she doesn't, don't, she doesn't need to know this about we, us. We don't need this to be our introduction to her. I no. have like, I have like a basic question I want to ask her. It's like very basic, which I will tell, I will say it once we get closer towards the end of Throne of Glass. Right. But like, I, I don't, not 106 page notes. <laughs> like, yeah, she, did, she, she, she doesn't need to know. This. She really doesn't. Um, but anyways, okay. <laughs> So let's get into the chapter breakdown. So the way this is going to work, if you have the notes, like if you're on Patreon, you can follow us along, but I will be calling out chapters as we're going. So if you have the book in front of you, you can kind of, you know, pause and and grab the passage, but we're not going to give page numbers because, well, now with the new covers, if you're listening to this in a few years or in a year, your page numbers may not line up. So I'm just going to take chapter title, like chapter numbers, and then read some quotes. So, yep. In case anyone's wondering. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and start with book one. I mean chapter one. We're gonna start with chapter one of book one and book one only. <laughs> book one only, yes. And the reason I bring it up is because, well, number one, it, it <clears throat> makes me emotional every time I read this. This is the first true. page. The first page makes me emotional. Mm-hmm. Because for and and we were we for anyone who doesn't know. We recorded this already. So like Avery and I are like, oh, we're just re-repeating this conversation, but it's but we're fine. not. We're not going to re-repeat the conversation. Yeah, it was like a 45 minutes. And I was like, Avery, we have to stop this. We can't can't do this. Yeah, we can't do this. But I do want to call out the fact that something that I find really fascinating and something I do want to bring up is all three of Sarah J. Mass books, you you have like a rough timeline. Like we, Avery and I have a good idea. The ironic thing is Throne of Glass is the most books, but the shortest timeline. Yes. And however... Every time we were both talking about this, but every time I go back to chapter one, first off, you're going to hear me say this a lot on this podcast. I feel like Dorian, Kale, and Selena are like the golden trio, like the th- like Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Like that's how yeah. I view them. So I don't know why, even though they they are like eighteen to twenty something, yeah. I still view them like they're twelve in this first book. They're not. They're not. 
but every time I go to this, but every time I go to this page, I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, like Sorcerer's Stone. But like, in, in all honesty, when reading the whole series, like you feel like they're aging because of their character arcs. 100%. And they're not, they're, I mean, they are aging, but not to the extent that my brain had them go from like 19 to 26. Like exactly. that's not what's happening here. No, it is. I, be- <laughs> I believe because this book starts at around like September, August, September. Right. And it goes all the way until right before Yule Miss, which is Christmas. Right. Of the next year. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's like a little over a year. Yeah. It's like 14, 15 months somewhere in there. It's a little, yeah. So that's kind of crazy, but yeah. the first one I want to bring up is the, I will not be afraid. This is the first time we hear that phrase, which is, I know Avery's giving me a pouty face, but Sorry. it's, it's, it's very important to the series. Um, yeah. If you've not read Assassin's Blade, like you don't understand the full scope of it, which is also another reason why I recommend reading Throne of Glass. Cause you're like, oh, it's a sweet phrase. And then you get to Assassin's Blade and it's like stab in the heart. Like, you yeah, know? it's. Reading, reading Assassin's Blade after getting these kinds of quotes was tough. Yeah, 100%. The other thing I just want to, well, and I'll read, go ahead and read the quote, which is she, when, uh, when she woke every morning, she repeated the same words. I will not be afraid for a year. Those words had meant the difference between breaking and bending. They had kept her from shattering in the darkness of the minds. Yeah. It's, you know, and then just a quick call out. Kale really did his best in this chapter. Yeah, he tried to confuse little Selena Sardothian, but like it didn't really work. Yeah, you know he, what? gold star. Yeah. yeah, like let's just wander around through these tunnels and this maze and this and, and confuse her. And she's like, okay, but we just made like 16 lefts. I'm good. I yeah. can buy my way back out. <laughs> yeah, like, are you okay, bro? Because I don't think you are. But... And the best part about it is she's like, like Sarah is doing right now. She's like, oh, he tried. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little condescending to kale salad and I don't regret that. At <laughs> kale all. chip. Kale chip. Yeah, for sure. And then the only, I mean, the only the chapter, chapter two, which we have to bring up because one of my favorite things, and I know TikTok talks about all the time, but I don't care. Dorian's entrance. Oh yeah. My baby. Dorian is introduced to the series wearing a red cape and a black wyvern on his chest. Not only that, but the man is lounging. Yeah. In this chair, like fully sprawled out. I am the king of the castle. Everybody can go away now. (laughs) Yeah. Cute little crown prince. (laughs) I Um, love him. I know. And I I, I mean, just want to call out because I know someone will say this. Otterland's colors are red and their symbol is a wyvern. So like, absolutely, it is not like super weird, but I don't think he wears a red cape again in the series. Maybe he does. I don't think so. He hmm. might in Queen of Shadows. We'll see it if we, well, I mean, we'll see it if we find it. I, yeah. There's not a whole lot <laughs> of Dorian in that book. Well, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of his birthday. That's why I was like, oh, he, okay. He, he wears the red cape on his birthday. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I have, like I said, this is only my second reread. So yeah, first I reread. So yeah. And I haven't reread that yet or this time around. So I, right. I will eventually, but we'll let you know in the next podcast. We'll let you know when, if whatever podcast that is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> whether or not we figured it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> the other thing too is, uh, and another quick call out is this is the first time we see Duke Parrington, which if you're reading it for the first time, you're like, Oh, he's weird and creepy and slimy. Yeah. reading it if it's a reread you're like let's just kill him now yeah no he's uh, my favorite descriptor for duke parrington um is smarmy 
Yeah, that, I love that. He's 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 smarmy because he's he's tricky about yes. everything. So you know he's intelligent. Yes. And you know that he there's something up his sleeves, but you don't know what and you're not getting any information other than that he gives you the ick. Yeah. And also for anyone who's wondering, you can look up fan art of him. Only one's going to show up and it's, it's not a good time. It's really it's, gross. Yeah. It's not great. Um, so it's about all I can say about Dude Parenting without getting too spoilery. Yeah. And then we're going to skip all the way to chapter five, which is Brandon's forest. This chapter is a huge info dump for the series, but not if you're reading it for the first time, you probably skim this chapter. This is a really yeah. great moment to bring up Sarah's reading comprehension. Comprehension is incredible <laughs> because when I read this chapter, I did not, number one, totally didn't notice that Faye were mentioned because I remember complaining that there were no Faye mentioned in this book, but there were. Number two, completely skipped the part that she had fire powers and thought that she had like flower magic because of the flowers that appeared at the end and was waiting for her to use the flower magic again. And the then flower, the, the flower magic, Sarah, is is not Selena. It's not Selena. No, <laughs> not at all. And <laughs> mm-hmm, I just remember mm-hmm. being like, yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. I just remember being like, oh, we're going to see that, right? No, 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 we're not. No, but this chapter <laughs> is really important. If you are not rereading the series, I would actually just recommend rereading chapter five. Because it is a massive info dump about Oakwell Forest. You learn, this isn't a great time to mention, I'm probably not going to pronounce pronounce all the names correctly, but I'm going to say Aerobin Hamill. You learn that Aerobin found Selena when she was eight years old, which was 10 years ago. Oh, and you learn that he never allowed her to return home to Terrison. Yeah, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. You know, I we'll get into this more when... But he's so hot. He is really hot. <laughs> it's um, really annoying how and, hot he is. And Selena calls that out, which is part of the issue. But the we'll get into this more when we read Assassin's Blade and probably yeah. a little bit of Crown of Midnight. But mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting that he never wanted her to return to Terrison. I understand in the beginning, but at yeah. a certain point, I think it would have been fine. Maybe not. I, yeah. Someone would have well, recognized I, her. Well, I remember, I think, I think, he knows something she does like we don't know that he Arabin? Yeah. What do you mean? But okay, but he knew there was something about her. Yes. He did know who she was. Right. Okay. That's kind of my point. But I can understand him knowing who she is and not wanting her to return to terror. Right. But at a certain point, we'll get into this for us. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I find it so interesting. He never because she she called it out. And I was like, oh. He really like, I mean, I get it in the beginning, but it, like, I don't know, a few years later, she was totally fine. And I think I, I don't know, but she's she's kind of recognizable. Let's be honest. I know. I'm thinking it's because of the re- like someone would have recognized her. It's the <laughs> AD it's and the, cough, cough. It's the yeah, it's, it's the this right here. Yeah, yeah. It's the eyes. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, Which you totally skipped over. They mentioned Ash River Eyes in the earlier. That's fine. Wait, they mentioned it before chapter five? Yeah, you literally highlighted it. Hold on. They mentioned Ash River Eyes? Really? You literally wrote it down. There it is. What chapter is it? Two. It's in chapter two. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah, it's literally right under the under Dorian's description. You have Ash River Eyes. It's it doesn't say Ash River Eyes, but you say Ash River Eyes right here. And it talks about what they are. Oh. Oh. Wow. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> See, the notes are more in depth than me right now. (laughs) 
I was wondering. I, I was wondering why you were skipping over Ash River Eyes, but I was like, okay, I guess we're just not going to talk about that yet. Moving on. And then oh, you yeah. brought it up, and I was like, no, you literally mentioned this already. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah. well, it's okay, in the notes. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but going back to chapter five. Yeah, uh, which is Brandon's force. Yeah. So it also mentions that Brandon was Faye. It mentions that the Oakwall forest is his, AKA it's basically the Galathinius forest at this, like they respect all Galathinius members. Mm-hmm. It also brings up that there were pla- people of this place that w- had once been fairies, whether it was gnomes, sprites, nymphs, goblins, more names than anyone could count or remember, all ruled by a larger human-like cousins, the immortal Faye the original inhabitants and settlers of the continent, the oldest beings of Aurelia. So this forest holds a lot of important information, which is just, you know, probably more crossovery tide than it is Aurelia throne of glass tide, but yeah. it is right. Like sprites and nymphs. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I should mention there is a mention of the witches in this chapter. There is a mention of Ansel, which is a assassin's blade story. And then there's a mention of selena's fire magic and like how you can are you can see from the paragraph that it was brought up that it was terrifying to her so you already get that sense which is something i did not notice the first time i read it but i noticed it on the reread so yeah it's one of those things that like once you know all about everything it jumps out from the page at you you're like oh my god they mentioned her fire magic when she was eight and nine how did i miss that it's wild Okay, so then going on, we're going to skip all the way to chapter eight. Um, But before we do, I just want to bring up the fact that six and seven have great banter between Kale, Selena, and Dorian. They love excellent banter. Yeah, the other thing too is I love chapter seven for the fact that Dorian is like a cute little, he, it just makes me feel like a parade when he comes into Otterland. Yeah. I just. I just like the entrance. Also, there's tons and tons of references of Assassin's Blade in that chapter. So, yeah. But anyways, going to chapter eight, the only reason I want to bring this up, two things. Number one, I want to bring up the flower pot. And I know everyone's going to be like, why are you bringing up a flower pot? And I have, <laughs> and I have I'm to not going to be like that. I have to give some backstory on this. So for anyone who doesn't remember in this chapter, it is, I believe, the second time we see Caltane and Selena sees her from her window and she's talking like, I think she's gossiping is what Caltane's doing. And Selena gets so annoyed that she takes a flower pot and like pushes it off the window and it scares Caltane because it almost hits her. And the reason I bring it up and the reason there is a gif of a flower pot breaking in the nose <laughs> is because like a year ago when myself and my court who helped me with the discord, we were looking up throne of glass trivia and I can't tell you how many questions the response to it was flower pot, like about this moment. So it's oh become, so it's become a running joke that like every throne of glass trivia answer you just answer flower pot because there was like seven of that response mm. so that is the story of the flower pot and why we all think it's funny the only other thing that's funny about this chapter well there's a few things number one they bring up the fact that the glass castle is stupid which agree yeah. retweet retweet honestly can't throw stones in glass houses <laughs> exactly exactly um there's some info about holland who is dorian's younger brother who i yeah. feel like i kind of just pretend like doesn't exist so cool and then there's the first mention of the clock tower yeah which is like 
so ominous and I know dark and terrifying. And you're just like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh God, so some something of, bad. So some of the like quotes that you pull from this, it said she never heard bells like that from the garden sprouted a tower made of inky black stone Two gargoyles wings spread for flight. And then later, uh, Kale says, as a child, I wouldn't go near it. You see something like this uh, before the gates of word, not in a garden. How old is it? The king built it at Dorian's birth, which, you know, <laughs> cough, cough. So, yeah. And then the other thing that's really interesting is uh, when Selena is looking at the clock tower and she looks down, it says that she pointed at a mark engraved on the slate. It was a circle with a vertical line through the middle and extended beyond the circumference. Both ends of the line were hooked, one directing uh, downward, the other up. Selena says, examines the gargoyle and she says he's pointing at it. What is the symbol? And then Kale kind of just dismisses the whole conversation. And he's like, mm-hmm. you're being dramatic. But we find out later from Nehemia that it is a word mark. So, yeah, the word uh, marks, they they hide until you know what they are. And then you're like, oh, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of funny. This is the first and word marks play such a big role in the series. So it's, and then later on in this chapter, this is when Selena goes to the library. We see that she has a massive love for reading. Always love to call us out because obviously when it comes to the Sarah J Mass world, people, when they think of reading, they think of Nesta, which is fair. Yeah. And we are both Nesta stands. So we are like never going to diss my sister Nesta. Never. But I am going to say that Selena was the first big reader. Oh yeah. Selena and Dorian for sure. Selena and Dorian want to start a book smutty book club. I'm telling you right now. I'm here for it. They would have a crazy smutty book club. Probably I would read love a lot. nothing more than for Selena to give Nesta book recommendation. 1,000%. 1,000%. That would be amazing. Yeah. And I think Nesta would probably give her more mature reading options. And mm-hmm. Selena's would just be pure smut. There's not a lot of plot. There's not a lot of plot with hers. It's like, oh, did you not read yeah. this like crazy book? Like, right. And Nesta's like, well, this one had decent plot, you know, so kind of funny. Um, But anyways, and then we get my favorite moment, which is the letters between Selena and Dorian. So they send each other letters. It's their first time they're flirting. Want to quickly call out. It's very cute. We might as well just go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room, which is that this book discusses a lot about or shows the potential of Dorian Selena relationship. What is their ship name? I don't think they have one. Do they? Elena? No, but it, honestly, nobody uses it. <laughs> yeah. I just. I in reality, s- in reality, they're better off as friends. And you can see that in their in their interactions, in their friendship. But I also kind of love them. Did you bit. like them as a couple? It's complicated. I mean, it's okay. If you did, it's okay. No, 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 no. I know. But it's it's complicated for me because they for me, they didn't quite fit. Yeah. But I liked Dorian over the other option. Oh, that's fair. But I that's liked, just me. I well, I felt, and we'll get into it more when we talk about Crown of Midnight. But I felt like that was a better fit because I yeah. didn't, in long term. <laughs> this is when, like, sure. I mean, I think the dynamic was probably stronger with the other option. But yeah, but but Dorian, for me, he's just he. Well, he's better loved. Dude. Well, yeah, he's a better dude, but he also loved and appreciated her for who she was and not for what she could be. 1000%. And that's what I love about Dorian is, is it's one of my favorite quotes of the whole series is from Crown of Midnight, which we'll get into in that 
Uh, no, I think you're thinking of the one from Air Fire. Is it Air Fire? No, mm-hmm. it's Crown of Midnight. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Wait, should I look it up? Mm, I'll look, look it up. Why don't you continue talking about the notes? Okay, okay, look it up. Um, but the one thing I I want to bring up again is these letters from uh, Selena and Dorian. I freaking love them. They are the best. They, it's just, they have such great banter, I think. But I remember reading the series and being like, which let me quickly point out because I know someone, I'm not going to say what happens at the end of Crown of Midnight, but I will say I did not see that coming. And I know a lot of people do see that come. They're like, oh, I totally saw this coming. Totally. Like it wasn't a surprise to me. I did not. It was a total surprise. It was what hooked me in the series. And if I'm going to be totally honest, however, Dorian and Selena to me never made sense because I couldn't see her sit on a throne with Dorian because she hated Otterlin so much. So it was like, this isn't going to, and Dorian doesn't seem like the guy to like push it, but they could have a lot of fun together. Is it air fire? It's air fire. <laughs> like I said, I was going to, I was going to give it to you because but I wasn't sure it's in the middle of air fire. Yeah. It's you cannot pick and choose which parts of her to love. Oh my God. That's my trivia. favorite. It's my favorite quote. It's so good. I, I knew exactly. I was like, I think it's air fire. And the reason I can I, call the quote out, I very clearly can't call the book out, but now I'll never forget. <laughs> well, I think the reason is the reason I remember it is because it doesn't make sense for crown of midnight because Dorian doesn't know. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's the only reason. I right. That. No, he that, doesn't know. That makes sense. Yeah. He doesn't know. He Well, and, and, you know, Dorian's dealing with his own. Yeah. Stuff I mean, yeah. In this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So. This is a good point to bring out. If you've never heard me give my spiel about like the stages of Dorian. Throne of <laughs> this is the freaking best. Okay, yeah. Throne of, <laughs> Throne of Glass is baby Dorian. Crown of Midnight is Elsa Dorian, I like to say, which you obviously can't copyright that. So we'll change the name later. It's Dorian the Snow Queen. Oh, there we go. Snow Queen Dorian. Love that. Yeah. Or Let It Go Dorian. That's, you know, I think I could go. <laughs> That's really what it's from. Then Arifier is King Dorian because he like finally accepts his like, yeah, kingliness, you know? Queen of Shadows is Demon Dorian. Everyone agrees with that. Empire Storms is Daddy Dorian. <sighs> and then Kingdom of Ash is WTF Dorian. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Because there was a lot that happened in that book There's that I was that, like, that, he kind of like throws you for a couple loops. A couple, like, <laughs> a couple. No, he he like threw me across the room, and I was like, I'm sorry, sir. What were you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I feel about Dorian. So, anyways, that is uh, Dorian is the love of my life. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to jump all the way to chapter 10, which is the King of Otterland's introduction. The reason I bring this one up, number one, we get Selena's first incredible alternate ego name, which is Lillian Gordania. Gordain- is that say it? Gordania? That's how I say it. I said Gordania, but I don't think that's right. Uh, it's an A-I-N, I believe. So I believe you're I went, right. I went Gordania in my yeah. head. Yeah. That's, I'm going to go with your option i'm okay. just never gonna say the last name but i'm gonna go with your option but lg lillian i just call her lillian lillian lg lillian yeah. gordania yeah <laughs> lillian <laughs> thank you so much sarah j mass for giving me another name for a Selena Sardot fan. So i think there's many names i think if we did a name count there is she gets it's up there she gets two new names in this book this one and Alentia. Oh, yep. So she's at three. The name count for Selena Sardothian at this moment is three. 
Oh, no, you there's technically four because she had Otterland's assassin or what oh, is that? yeah, but that's that's prior to. So, yeah, yes. she's at four. Yes. But like, I'm just counting the ones that she gets in this book, like new yeah. <laughs> Lillian so, and Valentia. So, uh, Selena name count is at four. Yeah, four, four at this point. Thanks so much. I'm sure your editors love that too, Sarah. <laughs> it's just a nightmare for me on the notes side of things. I also can't begin to tell you, Selena, I've gotten really good at t- writing yeah. that name super fast because it is yeah. a weird spelling. And I am like, blah, blah, blah. but oh, I'll tell yeah. you for a fact that when I was first reading it, I did not read her name as Selena. It took me a, uh, well, I've got two for you. So the first time I read this book, I called Selena Selena, which is That's an fair. easy enough thing to do. Totally. I got corrected and I fixed it. That's totally fair. The one that was bad. There was one that was really bad, but I figured it out during Throne of Glass. I think I had listened to like the audiobook for part of it or something. I called Nehemia Nehemiah. Oh, that is bad. Yeah. That can't be though my croc like my croc in Croatia. No, it will never beat your croc in Croatia. Um, that is next level, Sarah. That's not even the same letters. Like if you were to no, phonetically, I, I know out that I know that Nehemia, you can also phonetically spell out ne- Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Like it makes sense. Yeah. Like logically it can make sense. But then I literally, somebody was like, it's, I think I was on like TikTok or something and they said Nehemia. And I was like, oh, I've been saying that wrong. Yeah. I have yeah. been saying that wrong but I have like a a video recording of me like realizing that I've said it wrong for so long and I was like well I will tell you and I I can guarantee I will say this at least once in this podcast I originally pronounced Alentia as Alentina in my head that's not right I I got I got Alentia (laughs) yeah it it is it is Alentia Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely called her Alentina and repeatedly did it in my head. So I guarantee you either in this episode or in the air fire episode, I will say Alentina at least once, like, just, yeah, it'll just come out because one of my friends just it. got finished reading this series and she likes to give people, you know, random names. So she yeah. called, she used Alentia. She said, Tina Turner, <laughs> honestly, I support that because I hate all of these names. There's so many of them. There's so many names. For anyone wondering, it's over 27 for uh, Selena Sarathian. That does not surprise me. So we're at four. We're at we'll four. do it. We'll do a name count for each episode. We'll if, say, we, okay. if we can even keep track of them. We can do it. I believe in us. Okay, good. You can do that. Oh, don't give me a project. You know, <laughs> you know how well that goes for you when you give me a project. Yeah. yeah. It's um, literally me calling Sarah up being like, are we doing this tonight? And she's like, I'm no, I don't want to. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The reason, by the way, I'm so resistant is because I already did this. I know. I know. But I'm trying to give you the positive energy because it's like, I'm, I'm fresh to it. I'm like, hey, let's do this. I know. I know. Okay. Going back to chapter 10. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That was a little bit of a tangent. Anyway, it's sorry. okay. It's okay. <laughs> so this chapter, Salada meets the King of Otterland, which the only reason I want yeah. to bring that up is because she's terrified to look at him in the eye. I know. And, um, he is wearing a, a ring on his finger. Yes. Yeah. So that's another thing to point out, which if you are reading this for the first time and have not read the series, I won't yeah. explain why, but he and he the is, Duke are both wearing rings. He is wearing a ring. 
Okay. He and the Duke are both wearing. Rings. Well, I think the Duke's is more symbolic. If I'm going to be honest. I mean, it might be, but the, I mean, he touches the obsidian ring a lot. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, I noticed it. <laughs> um, And then we are also introduced to some of the competitors, but I don't think they're like formally. No, they're not. They're not formally introduced to each other, but Knox and Kane, they both suck, by the way. <laughs> they but, do. They both suck. One sucks a little harder than the other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> just a little. Yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit. Okay, but like Knox's, I another love of my life. Like I have so I know. many loves of my life. I love Knox. I know Knox is a great character. I but wanted more of him. We all did, one hundred percent. But love Knox. And then Selena is formally introduced to Caltain. I made a note in this that I love this Dorian because he's very carefree. Um, not like the Dorian we see later on, who is a little more his burdens of his life, you yeah. know, it's kind of hit him a little differently. Um, the other thing I want to point out, this is the only sword. I love that we have a sword for the king's name. Like a, a, the king's sword has a name. Yeah. Is it Nothung? N N O T H U N G. I have absolutely called it Nothung. We'll go with that. That's fine. Um <laughs> I don't really care what we call it. I'm just it's- like. I mean, we could call it Nothung, but like, that's not, that doesn't sound like in my brain, that O does not make a <laughs> sound. The only thing I want to bring up when it comes to this sword is the fact that it was described as uh, she knew the sword. Everyone knew the sword. Mm-hmm. This sword is never brought up again in the series. Nope. I can guarantee you if I type that sword name, it is not maybe brought up once. So that's okay. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, and then we also get the rules for the competition in this chapter. Oh, I really love the lie that Dorian says. This is one of my favorites. He's specifically talking about Kale and Selena. And he says, he trained you so well already. He nudged uh, Kale with his elbow. From the way you two are blatantly ignoring me, I'd say you, she could pass for your sister. Though you don't really look like each other. It would be hard to pass someone as pretty as your sister. Yeah. They're not siblings, but I like the idea of Dorian thinking they are. <laughs> it's just cute. It's just cute. And then, and then later, so, so, so there, oh, there is a hint in this chapter as well that Selena and Kale are going to get together. Dorian says it. he says they've become very close companions. And then yeah. in Selena's delight, Kale blushes. It's hinted a lot. Yes. And then I put poor Kale, always a third wheel, because later Kale says, you and the crown prince share the same sense of humor, it seems. Perhaps he and I will become dear friends and you will be left to rot, is what Selena says. Love that. Love she the banter. Of, she she can kind of be a little bit of a of a not nice person. She's a I will admit she is a lot in this book. She just there's a lot of personality there. Um, and like, I kind of appreciate that about that, uh, about yeah. her, because there are so many female protagonists that are demure and likable and all of these things. That's not what we're given. And, and that's not to say that being demure or likable or anything is a bad thing. It's right. just a different take. And I really appreciated yeah. finding a character that was confident and was swaggery and was snarky and didn't care what other people thought even though she she does care yeah like but the facade that she's able to put on is so impressive to for someone like me who 
struggles to put on a facade like that every day. Like that's she is the epitome of fake it till you make it. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's funny because so this book came out. Well, this book came out in 2012 and I was Selena's age of 2012. I was 18. So was I. Right. Yeah, of course. Selena and I shared a lot of the same characteristics. And the reason I bring it up is because I know I hear a lot from a lot of people when they read this book that they find Selena to be irritating. They're like, oh, she's so confident. She's so brash. She's so annoying. Blah, blah. That was me at 18 for sure. And then as I got older and as we see with Selena in the series, like you kind of learn how to navigate those waters and like, mm-hmm. You, you learn when is the appropriate time to say something and when is the appropriate time just to shut your mouth and like, right. Keep those thoughts to yourself essentially. Mm-hmm. So it never bothered me because I was like, oh, she's an overly confident 18 yeah. year old girl who knows what she's good at. And she's not going to tell you she's not good at it. Right. So I thought it was fine, but yeah. Anyways. Well, and I, I think and we find out later Um, So we're not going to get into it, but we find out later that it is, it is an act that she puts on. Like she truly embodies this confident, brash, does not care persona that she has created. Right. And survive. Well, and we also see like, she does bring it up quite a bit in the beginning of this book. Like when they pull her from Endovier, like she says, like, I'm too thin. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, I don't have the muscle mass. I don't have, you know, certain things. And so she, there, there is levels of insecurity, but she also mm-hmm. is able to convince herself that she's more confident than she is. And mm-hmm. I think that is something I really related to. So it, it is something I appreciate about Selena yeah, a lot. Absolutely. Anyways, so moving on to chapter 12. So this is when we officially are introduced to all the champions, but I also want to call it that we were also introduced to Brulo. This is uh, the weapons master, weapons master of Otterland. And the reason I bring him up is because he plays a pretty big role in the story later. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is a character that we all eventually grow to love. So I think I bring him up because I'm like, oh, when I saw his name this time around, I was like, hello, there you are, you know? Yeah. Kane's introduction in this chapter, he hails from the White Fang Mountains, which for anyone who doesn't have a map near them, that is really close to Annie Allen. The reason I bring up Annie Allen is because that is where Kayla's from. And that was technically what he is the Lord of. Yeah, that's where his father is Lord, right? Yes. Yes. So the Westfalls rule Annie Allen, but they also deal with these intense, crazy mountain men that live at the White Fang Mountains that are behind them, which is what Kane is from. So Kane is, mm-hmm. this is when it kind of feels a little Hunger Gamesy to me because I'm like, oh, Kane yeah. is essentially from District 1. He's like, you know, yeah. the brutal guy. But my favorite part that I want the reason I want to call out this quote is it said, what would his fellow mountain dwellers say if they could see him now? But she gritted her teeth. What would the people of Terrison say if they could see her now? Which is yeah. something you don't realize that is so important. Then we are officially introduced to Knox, which is uh, he is a, like, like Avery said earlier, he's a character that we all love that we wanted more of. Yeah. Um, he's a thief. Yes, he is a thief. He is a thief from Pranth. Yep. So just want to call that out as well. And then we also hear a little bit about the membership of the Assassin's Guild. This is more info dump for Assassin's Blade, so I'm not going to read it, but that is described in this chapter as well. And then a fun little quote that I want to call out because this is something that does tie into another character that we meet 
in Assassin's Blade and then in Tower of Dawn again, they're, the story they're going off of for Lillian is that she's from Finharrow. And she says how insulting it is to pretend to be a nobody thief from a small city in Finharrow. And there is another famous character in the series who is also from Finharrow. And they later reference that we've come a long way from Finharrow. So yeah. I, I don't think she intended for that, but I love that little I nod. Yeah, it's a, it's a cute little nod for sure. Yes. So anyway, so that is that chapter. The next one is the one that I get the most emotional of. I just want to quickly say for anyone wondering, Avery and I are, are great planners. We planned these notes in April, May of this year. Yeah. It is August. We are filming this really late. Yeah. <laughs> I got COVID and life happened. But part of it was chapter 13. I was kicking butt with these notes until I got to chapter 13 and had to take a two week break because Nehemio entered the room and I immediately wanted to start crying. Yeah. I love Nehemia. I, we all, I don't think there's, if someone comes to me and said they don't like Nehemia, they're lying. Absolutely. I don't believe you, but this is her entrance. And one of the things, some, some quotes that I want to pull is one of them said, Nehemia, who might someday pose a threat to the King of Otterland's rule over her home country, where she ascended to the throne, Nehemia, they whispered, who smuggled information and supplies to rebel groups hiding in Eelway. So she plays a really important role. She's the love of my life. She's an incredibly complex character, especially in this book as well. There's so much that like you find out as you continue to read this book that she's keeping close to her chest. Yes. And the more she bonds with Selena, the more is revealed. Yes. About Nehemia. And that in and of itself is an incredibly intriguing story. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing too, is I love that their introduction ties together that Selena can speak the Ilway tongue. And so that yes. is one of the things that Nehemia is drawn to. Also, we find out at the end of this book that Nehemia can speak. I'm going to say English, but it's not English. It's like whatever it's like, language. It's the common tongue. It's yeah. So it she can speak the common tongue, but she throughout most of this book is trying to convince Selena that she can't. Right. So it's, it's so a little funny. Like, and she's heavily accented and yeah, but and, she, and stuff, but it's, it's a put on. It is. Yeah. Um, but then the one thing I think is really funny, Selena, which is um, karma's going to bite you in the butt. My friend, she brings up marriage a lot in this book. <laughs> like she brings it up to Dorian and she brings it up to Nehemia right. about, well, shouldn't you be married by now? Like, she, like you're, you're a ruler. That's you're one like, of your favorite quotes. <laughs> it is one of my favorite quotes, but like, I just, but she continuously brings it up about like, yeah, you need to marry for your kingdom. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a there, my child. She mentions it later too. And I think in the notes I put, oh, that's an interesting take, Selena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, interesting take you've got there. Yeah. Miss, Pot- I'm going to. I'm going to marry for my kingdom. Yeah. Pot, <laughs> meat, kettle. Like, yeah, I'm just right. like, <laughs> okay. And just, yeah, exactly. I'm just like, wow. Okay. And then my other thing too, is I love in this chapter, Kale, Sel- Selena says to Kale, what is wrong with strong, with, with headstrong girls, mm-hmm. other than the fact that they're not wooden headed ninnies who can open their mouths and give orders and gossip. 
And then Kale says, I just prefer a certain type of woman. <laughs> and then Salida says, and what type of woman is that? And he said, not an arrogant assassin. And she pouted, suppose I was an assassin. Would you fancy me? And he says, no. So this is funny for multiple reasons. One of them being in Crown of Midnight, because they, yes. uh, spoiler, they do get together. That's not a huge spoiler. Yeah, no. Most of you guys not. have probably read Crown of Midnight at this point. Secondly, because of who Kale ends up with. <laughs> yeah. So funny. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't really want a headstrong woman. All right, Kale. Can you imagine her hearing <laughs> this? I can tell you right now, this she would absolutely ruin his life. She would hit him across the head and be like, good luck. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah. Oh, honestly, you don't want a honestly Kale's endgame is one of my favorite mm. characters in the entire series. It's karma. It's absolutely karma. It's good karma. It's great karma. It's also not great karma for a statement like this. Yeah. No, <laughs> if she heard this, she would she would bust Clock him upside the head. Clock absolutely. Him. Absolutely. Um, I think so would uh Nezrin, who is another character that we meet later on. Also yeah. upside the yeah. head. Yeah. She she her, oh Nezrin. Yeah, mm. I just think it's so. I just find Dude, it the, I mean, the hysterical. That's what's interesting about this series in particular is that is that the characters are so well developed, and you fall in love with all of the side characters. Yes. It's not just about the female or male protagonist; it is about everyone and how they yes. all interact and work cohesively together for a common goal. Yes, absolutely. Okay, moving on to chapter sixteen. And the only reason I highlighted this is because I like pain. And let's talk about Selena's scars. So <laughs> Avery's rolling her eyes at me right now. Um, I'm not rolling my eyes at you. I've literally put my head in my hand. Like, yeah, I yeah. love you dearly, but you are a sadist. I know, but I think <laughs> it is important to bring up that her scars are heavily mentioned throughout the series. They are. And I want to uh, make you feel pain later. Anyways. The Her scars are important. They're very important. And what I find important about this one and something I actually, we haven't brought it up, but I, one thing I really love about this book is we see a lot of Kale and Selena working out together or training, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of sweet. Like it is, it's, it to me felt like a friendship, like it just, yeah. or a good, like, I can't believe I'm going to say this without vomiting, but like, you know, Kale was like a mentor. <laughs> That was her intention. (laughs) Her intention was to make him a mentor. You like, you know what I mean? That was totally the intention. I hate it, but it was the intention. I think I think she uh, gets a better one in Arif. (laughs) True. I think Kale Kale is a grounding presence for Selena. Well, that's nice. Okay. That's a good way of spending it. Like, like he is so he's so stick in the mud that he brings her down from lofty heights. Sure. Notice I said brings her down. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm like sure. Yeah. I do I felt like the intention and I felt it more the first time I read it and then this time I'm just like you're cute. But the first time I read it I was like, "Oh, he's supposed to be like a mentor and he's supposed to like mm-hmm. train her and all that stuff." And I did kind of like that and then the second right. time I read it I was like what are you really teaching her? <laughs> right. Like you're just being a good sparring partner, honestly, but a sparring partner. Yeah. But the reason I bring up the training is because during this training time in chapter 16, Kale sees Selena scars for the first time. Yes. And he's like, where did you get those? And then she's like kind of flippant to him about like, well, 
obviously I got these from Endovier. And then yeah, she like, goes, where did you think I got them from? Kale? Yeah. And I think this is a great example of like Kale and Dorian both know that there is awful things happening, happening in Endovier, but it didn't right. fully click until they saw Selena. It's one of those things where you can know that terrible things are happening, but if it doesn't affect you or somebody that you care about, exactly, you're not inclined to fight for it or notice it as much. Yeah. And it's, this is a perfect example of that because Kale and like Sarah said, Kale and Dorian know that people are being enslaved in salt mines. Slavery is such an abstract concept to them. Because they're not experiencing it. And then yeah. they then they grow to care for this crazy, awesome assassin. And they see what has been done to her. And they go, well, that's not cool. Well, it's it's never been cool, guys. Right. But, but now you see the effects of it. And so it affects you. And Kale goes into this more in Tower of Dawn, actually, which is one of my favorite things as he describes like, Meeting Selena and seeing these scars hit like something in him, like it hit, like it just everything yeah. made sense. It changes him, yeah, it changes and him completely. And so, one of my favorite things is is Kale says in this chapter, he goes, "No one deserves to be whipped like an animal." He opened his mouth, but she cut him off. I arrived in Endovier. They dragged me to the center of the camp, tied me between the whipping posts, twenty one lashes. The other thing too is Kale views her as a woman. They like she was na- she was essentially naked from the chest up and they just whipped her yeah. at 16 17 years old. Right. I think it's all hitting Kale at this point and I mm-hmm. that was the main reason I wanted to bring that up. Okay. So then I want to bring up chapter 19 only because I forgot that she Caltate has a POV chapter Dude, like literally when I started working on the notes for this one, I I put in all caps at the top. It says, did anyone else forget we got a Caltane POV? No, just me. Okay. Yeah. So um, it, it it's just wild to me. Um, yeah. But this chapter is interesting because you see, and this is what I love about Sarah's writing is Caltane is a character that when you first read the series, you're like, I hate you. I yeah. hate everything about you. You're a villain. You're a mean girl. You're Regina she's George. The worst. Yeah, and you she's, suck. And she, and she's not made to be likable. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. There's yeah. not a a likable bone in her body. You're just like you are so self centered. Why am I reading anything from your perspective? You're not giving me anything that I'm not getting from somewhere else. Yeah. And then you do the reread, and and then you're getting things you should have been giving the whole time and then you're <laughs> reading this chapter where you can see that she's trying to manipulate a situation to be in her benefit she wants she's trying to get higher up in society which a lot of women do in this i mean i'm not gonna put a time on this but like you know a lot of people are doing that it's social climbing it's the exactly. only way to get ahead yes and um I don't know if she mentions it in this chapter, but she does mention it earlier and later that she's constantly getting headaches. Yeah. And, and she's Duke, smoking an opium pipe and the Duke provided that to her. Okay. Just bring that up. Okay. Anyways, moving on to the next chapter, which the reason I bring it up and it's something that you and I both hold dearly is our love for music. Yeah. Um, Selena also loves music. She do. And this is when she finds out that there's a pianoforte in her gaming room, which is attached to her bedroom. And she plays it for the first time. And this is also the first time we meet 
or we hear of Sam. Yeah. And it's super painful. It is super painful. Brain. And I, and I also just want to say like, because this is again, when people are like, well, doesn't it like spoil assassin's boy for you? No, it doesn't because it really when you, doesn't. When you don't know about Sam and you get to this point, you're like, oh my God, this girl has gone through so much. Like her, a love of her life has died. Yeah. And then you read assassin's blade and you're waiting the whole book for the shooting right. drop. So it doesn't ruin it for anyone. No. And it, it, in fact, in my opinion, and Sarah might share this opinion, knowing about Sam's fate before reading Assassin's Blade just makes what happens to Sam hurt that much more because you know exactly what the the uh, after effects of what happened to him are yes on people on the yes. people around him and it's as you read the assassin's blade you realize it's not just selena who's affected by what happens to him it's so many other characters that yes. you then learn to grow and love and understand yeah and it, it is um you know, this moment where she plays the piano is an important moment for her as a character because I think it's her, I think up until this moment, she's just like going through the motions. And yes. then this helps kind of humanize her, bring her back down to earth a little bit about like, okay, this is something I really love. It's here. Like, let me just take this moment for myself and enjoy it. So it is, it is a really important thing. Dorian comes in and he cute little baby Dorian um he tries to tease Selena about Selena see I told you I would say it once he tries to he tries to tease Selena about her I don't know her like love for this she she, he's trying to get information about her and he doesn't realize he's falling into this like intense conversation with her which I think was important for him to kind of see Right. No, for this sure. is this is Dorian's version of what Selene or what Kale saw. Like Kale, it was the tattoos. For Dorian, it's like, oh, my friend, you know, my lover died because of right. Not intentionally of what your father's doing, but it had something right. to do with it. So right. Anyways, okay. Okay. So moving on to chapter 23, which is the Sam Hewen parties and word marks there's a lot that happens in this chapter this is kind of like a i will say this sarah gets better at this this is like her first book that she ever published she gets did you better just at this. say did you just say sam hewen i'm sorry yeah how do you say it i don't know how you say it <laughs> i don't think that's how you say it because sam hewen plays jamie fraser in in outlander yeah, no i know that but it's I, it's sam and then h-u-i-n wouldn't it be hewen i feel like it's like like it's like samane or something like something like that doesn't look oh my like God, it's how it's supposed to be pronounced <laughs> i feel i don't feel like it's sam hewen well first off it's spelled differently in the actual like festivity sure. it's 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 spelled s-a-m-h-a-i-n which i would pronounce as Samain. yes yeah but because it had the u-i-n i was like hewen fair hewen i know it's also I've- an actor I know I'm I'm not saying I'm telling you right now if Sarah first off she made up the spelling of that word a hundred percent but it is that holiday I know fine but like I'm going off of what Sarah spelled okay S-A-M-H-U-I-N-N well, what if what if it's like Samwin 
or something like that. Like not Sam Hewen. Okay. I'm just going to call it Halloween because that's what it is. <laughs> it's freaking Halloween. Okay. I've never said it out loud, except for the fact that I went off of how I would pronounce that, which I know it's the actor, but he also spells his name H E U G H A. Yes. <laughs> please, please call it Sam Hewen again. <laughs> I just want to quickly point out that the way this is spelled, which is S-A-M-H-U-I-N-N. I would Obviously. pronounce that Sam Hewen. And yeah. I know that is an actor from Outlander. And I know that that is spelled differently. I am aware. However, <laughs> Hugh, H-U-I-N-N, Hewen. That's not crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's just wrong. Sarah, what is this spelling? I, I just- mean... I think she I think for her, it's like a Samwin more than a Sawin. But I think the intention was Sam similarity, Hewitt. Sam Hewitt, oh whatever. We're not calling it Sam Hewitt. I <laughs> no, can't do no, But anyways, so chapter 23, we are first off, it begins with Selena having a nightmare about being back in Endovier, which I bring that up because Selena tends to have a lot of PTSD nightmares. Poor girl has trauma from well, a lot yeah, of things. And like, Dreams are an incredibly powerful thing in this series. Yes. And um, she dreams that she's being whipped before Kale wakes her up. And then Kale tells her that it's the holiday and there's no training. There is a party. She's not invited. She can't show up, but she can go to the like priestess celebration. And she's like, no, thank you. And it says, uh, that's like having to go to a wedding ceremony and not getting to go to the reception. Exactly. Why would you ever? Exactly. And I, (laughs) and what she says is she says, be careful. My cynical friend, the gods and the dead are, are closest to the earth this day. They can hear every nasty comment you make. It's a silly holiday to celebrate the coming of winter. The bonfires just produce ash uh, to cover the fields and offering to the gods to keep them safe. And she says, so says you. So it's clear that she like believes in all this stuff. And he even says for someone so superstitious, you risk angering the gods by not attending. I imagine that an assassin would take more interest in the day of the dead. Uh, No, she doesn't. Um, Selena also shows up in a vintage dress because, you know, she thinks she's that cool. Fashion's also really important in this book. I would say a little more important than the other ones. I know fashion, there are fashionable moments in Akatar and there's fashionable moments in. Oh yeah, no, but, but fashion plays a big role in Throne of Glass. There are moments but they they are not as all-encompassing as it is for Throne of Glass. Yeah, so this is one of those moments. And Dorian, uh, he says, you look very nice, just a bit out of place. Centuries, actually. And then we also learned that the Duke has all these plans for Eelway. Basically, he wants to kind of continue that slave salt mine, essentially. And Dorian is trying to stop it because he kind of feels like he should warn um Nehemia because Nehemia is there and a lot of the lot of the people in that mine are from Eelway. So there it, we're starting to see the conflict of the world in that in this moment. We also learn that Nehemia wants a teacher in the common tongue, which is funny because we you know, she can actually speak in the common tongue. And then this is when Selena discovers what a word mark is. But also this is a very important moment in this whole series because first off she says what is this and Nehemia straight up says it's a word mark and then she says can you read them 
And basically, Nehemia says they're part of an ancient religion that died long ago. And like, you can tell that Nehemia doesn't really want to talk about it, but Selena's like, wait, but there's more. And like, you know, she just keeps drawing it in. And then Nehemia's response to her is, you should leave it alone. Such things were forgotten for a reason. And, um, they continue to see more word marks. But then the most important part is Nehemia suddenly is staring at Selena's forehead. And when Selena asks, is there dirt on her face? No, Nehemia responds. And then her brows like kind of bunch together. And she says, you're hiding something. You are much more than you seem Lillian, which play you find out the truth of this in Empire Storms. But this is a big moment. In this yeah, game. it's huge. When you reread this, you're like, oh, this is the moment. This is when Nehemia pieces it together. Yeah. Nehemia suddenly like, oh, we should be friends. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, "Uh, I've been looking for you. Yeah. Which is hysterical. Anyways. Okay. Only thing I want to bring up about chapter 24 is um, secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. So uh, like Arena mentioned, there's a playlist that comes with this. With, with these notes that is yes. the, the playlist is free to the public the notes are not but uh we have a lot of fun with the playlist it's purely chaotic one of the reasons Absolutely. is this chapter's song is from avatar the last airbender so that's the only reason i want to bring it up because i i love I, I can't not think about it yeah. um okay going all the way to chapter 26 which is when they they, they kind of take a break from training and we this is the, I think this is one of the first few times, well, she had gone down to the tunnels before this. Um, and that was in the chapter above that is chapter 25. So Selena has a dream of going through these tunnels. She, she attempts to go through them during the Halloween night essentially, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't go all the way through the one that holds Elena's tomb. Um, but she does see in chapter, which I'm, I might as well just go and talk about chapter 25, but she does see what First off, she sees that the wall is covered in stars and um, it is raised of carvings that mirror the night sky. The ceiling depicts Uh the earth. Why were they reversed? She looked at the walls and put her hands. There were countless word marks etched into the surface. They were. What does that sound like to you? I know what it sounds like, (laughs) but I will say this is what I find really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Countless word marks were etched into the surface. They were in swirls and whirls in lines and squares. This ties Mm -hmm. back to the fact that I think the Illyrian tattoos are word are word because every single bat boy's tattoo is described as swirls, swirls and whirls. food for thought yeah we moving on we love it we love it moving on um <laughs> yeah so that is yeah so then going on we see that there oh there's eight guards there's eight guards and then um uh, we get the description of damaris as well yes damaris is and the eye of elena the eye here's of the elena thing, here's the thing about uh sarah j mass novels in in all of her series if you're looking for information look for the descriptions of things yeah so swords specifically yeah swords play a big role elena also says in chapter 25 they must not catch you here if they do all will be lost wear this it will protect you from harm you were led here tonight but not by me i was led here too someone wants you to learn someone wants you to see but I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not who you think I am. Queen Elena put her hands on Selena's shoulders and kissed her forehead. Courage of the heart is very rare. Let it guide you. 
which is so sweet. That's um, a really good quote. Yes. And then chapter 26, we discover that a champion has been eaten, uh-huh. which is so great. <laughs> <laughs> At the top of this chapter, this is one of the chapters I got to do. It basically is like Kale is storming into, into her room because a champion was eaten. And he has the audacity to suspect her. And I was just like, okay yes okay so that is something we didn't bring up but i think it's funny is out of all the champions slain has like the most guards outside of her door and like always monitoring her but they're like she's just a jewel thief it's like okay that doesn't add up but anyways so selena goes down to the tomb Uh and she sees the two sarcophagi she sees the weapons she sees no trace of elena but she paused beside elena's sarcophagus and noticed a blue gem embedded in the stone in her stone crown pulsed in the faint sunlight a blue gem (coughs) i know you i know you love that Um, but why do you think it's highlighted i know i was just gonna say too a blue gem is not just akatar but it is also crescent city it is indeed. So it is a little, little nod to both. Then we get the lovely little Dorian and Kale sparring together, which I think is hysterical. I love time. that you said it was a nod to both as if this didn't come first. In reality, Akatar and Crescent Cities are a nod to this. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're welcome. That's true. But I say that because it's like everyone's just going to think of Akatar and I'm like, but Crescent City also has a blue stone. True. Yeah. Okay, so then going on to chapter 27, which is when we get more information about word. So they're like actually studying it at this point. Selena is definitely more invested in learning more about the word, which I think is important. Mm -hmm. And oh, and then we get the lovely, it's an ancient religion from a forgotten time. Mm -hmm. And then, and then she says, why can't I, I, this sounds like us. says, all I can just find is radical outlandish theories. I never knew any of this. Why? Some book claims that word is the force that holds together and governs Aurelia, but not just Aurelia, countless words too. I I swear to God. Swear to God if we don't go to Terrison, but it's Um, not just what I find so funny is that in Crown of Midnight, she literally says the same phrase, but it's instead of countless other words too, it's the worlds are on top of each other and don't even know it. I swear. How did no one see this? I don't know. Also, also, I just want to back up slightly because there's just a little, a little call out that I love dearly in this chapter. It's an interaction between Selena and Kane while she is with Nehemia. And Kane says, lots of barking from the prince's lap dog, but does she have any fangs? She felt Nehemia's hand on her shoulder and she shrugged it off as she took another step towards him, close enough for the curls of his breath to touch her face. Inside the castle, the guards remained loitering about, talking amongst themselves. You'll find out when my fangs are buried in your neck, she said. <laughs> There's a lot of ma'am. <laughs> ma'am, excuse me. Love it. Um, <laughs> So for that the call out if you know you know yeah it's, it's yeah. great there's a lot of those in this book yeah which is wild okay going to chapter 29 the only reason i wanted to bring this one up is i wanted to talk about selena looking at the tapestry that depicts queen elena yeah. and that, so she, that tapestry in and of itself is like an incredible like yes insight. yes oh and i would love to see fan no one's ever done fan art of the tapestry but i would love to can somebody do fan art, please? Thank you. Can someone commission it? I'll commit. Maybe I'll commission. I don't know. I don't know. Hey. We, 
We will listen. We are the right person. Yeah. Someone good's got to do it. But it says, so Selena left the window, but stopped before the tapestry and its depiction of Queen Elena. She often wished for an adventure for old spells and wicked Kings, but she hadn't realized it would be like this, a fight for her freedom. She always imagined that, uh, that there'd be someone to help her a loyal friend or a one armed soldier or something. She hadn't imagined it would be so alone. So sad. Our baby. You're not alone, <laughs> but we're here. Yeah. We'll help and then, you. And then I also love this call out as well, which is a reminder that though Elena had become the queen of uh, queen of Otterland, she still belonged to Terrison. Like Selena, no matter where Elena went, no matter how far, Terrison would always be a part of her. Mm-hmm. And it is something that's important because if you look at the family tree, which is something that is in the Discord, and we have uploaded images of the family tree, Elena is from. Terrison and yes. Terrace or and Ireland was gifted by Brandon, who is Elena's father, to Elena and Gavin, Gavin. Mm-hmm. as a way it was it was essentially like a gift of like here, start your own kingdom type of a situation. Yeah. And but that gift came from Terrison. Yes. So I always like to call that out because people just think of Otterland now because Otterland's the big, you know, the, the strong kingdom. Well, yeah, but Otterland knew the strength of Terrison, which is why they had to take them out first. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so that is, that's the big thing. Chapter 30 is literally an info dump. So I'm not going to go through the whole yeah, thing. I, I mean, SJM does not often do a, like a full on info dump. Because in of glass, she, especially not very Yeah, because she likes to spread it out. She likes to give you those little nuggets of foreshadowing. So when you come back on a reread, you find them. But this is just a bulk of information that you need in order to understand what the hell is going on. Yeah. So, so um, as mentioned in our notes, it says you should probably just reread chapter 30 because it's it's yeah. a lot. But essentially what happens is uh, Selena trains with Kale. Another champion is killed. Selena goes with Kale and identifies the body as Varen, which is important because it shows Selena's skills as an assassin and can like kind of just see a dead body and know. Um, yeah. They do sleuthing. Selena notices word marks. She's really mm-hmm. worried of the connection. And she thinks it is also this thing of the killing the champions is also the great thing that Elena mentioned. They're looking into this uh, when Dorian comes and he flirts with her. Uh, yeah. We see some more insight into not yeah. only Selena's background, but Dorian's as well. We finally find out in the chapter with a suspicious Kale watching over Duke Parrington, mm-hmm. dismissing the notion of him being a, a yeah. suspect because he's the king's. We mentioned earlier in the in this episode also that there are moments where Selena has a hot take that we see as kind of karma or they'll come back around. And one of those is in this particular chapter. They're talking about dreams and stuff. Dorian and Selena are. She says, I'm being practical. There's a difference. And you're the crown prince of Otterlin. You're in a position where it's possible for you to change Aurelia for the better. You could help create a world where true love isn't needed to secure a happy ending. Yeah. So this chapter, <laughs> this is the, this is the lovely, ch- this chapter 30 is the lovely chapter that I like to call karma's a bitch. Aylin. <laughs> just going to go ahead and say it a hundred percent. It is hundred percent uh-huh. because she talks a lot about, and I totally just said Aylin's name, but I don't care. She, t- <laughs> she, 
she talks a lot about marriage with Dorian. And she's like, oh, you should be married. You're like the you're like the crown prince. What are you doing? And he's like, I want to marry for love. And she's like, Psh. and I'm like, girl, pop. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hysterical. But and then my favorite line is in this moment, which is a great call out for Dorian's love interest later in the series, which I'll read it later. But mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. Okay. Moving on to chapter 34 through 37. So I only highlighted these because I wanted to like quickly discuss some things. Sure. So the first one is in 34, we learn some news about Eoway, which is that yeah. rebels, there, there was a pute, there's massive kind of potential rebellion and a bunch of rebels died, which is yeah. important for Nehemia. And then the main reason I wanted to call this out is it is Dorian's moment with Selena, where he basically says like, you must hate me for what Otterlin has done. His exact word is you have every right to hate Otterlin for seizing control of Terracid as it did for taking all of the countries and the County or in the country of your friend. So he says, you don't, you won't believe me, but I don't want to be part of that. I can call myself a man when I allow my father to encourage such unforgivable atrocities. Yet, even if I plead for clemency on behalf of conquer kingdoms, he wouldn't listen, not in this world. This is the world where I only picked you to be my champion because I knew it would annoy my father. So basically we learned that Dorian is fully aware and he is, instead of like, just basically attacking it head on, he's doing his best to like, circumvent yeah mitigate he's trying he's trying to play the role of the prince in where he understands that he's not going to be able to help because his father won't listen yeah but he's going to do everything that he can to make the changes that he is able to so that when he does become king he can enact the changes he wants to enact exactly so it is a I think it's a smart move. I don't think everyone, I, I think most people aren't, they're really doubting Dorian and they're just kind of like, whatever you dumb kid, but like, right. He's, he's trying, he's doing his best. Um, yeah. Anyways, chapter 35. Uh, this is when Dorian and Slater are walking the grounds and Dorian, this is when we, this is when we discovered that Dorian has a great memory because he explains that Gavin is one of his, one of his favorite Kings of Otterland. And he immediately recognizes the eye of Elena. And yeah. I don't, I think up until this point, I don't think, I think Selena knew it was the eye of Elena, but I don't think she understood its importance. And Dorian calling this out is what sparks her essentially. Right. Exactly. And um, he points everything out to her in this it's, and he talks about how he's, he's like this great study and that he has spent a lot of time looking into Gavin specifically. Yes. Um, yes. And I also, we don't see it in Throne of Glass, but we do see it in Crown of Midnight. We actually go to Dorian's room and it's an entire mess because Dorian just has books everywhere. Yeah. And I, and I love that because he, he is a, he is a very, he's a studious prince essentially. Yeah. Um, he, he, what he lacks in action, he makes up for in knowledge. 100%. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the only other thing I want to bring up with this chapter is this is the first time that Selena is concerned that Nehemia is the one causing all of this. So she, she starts to kind of essentially panic. And so she's like, uh, is the, so this is the first moment of that instance. She doesn't want to believe it about a person. She's starting to consider a friend. Yes, exactly. 
Um, okay, so then going on to chapter 36, which is Yulmis. This is a fun, fluffy chapter, but it also holds some important information. Yes. I'm just going to go through this one beat by beats because I know this is a favorite for a lot of people. So obviously it starts with Selena, which we haven't brought up Philippa, but like, yeah, I love their relationship. It's very like fairy godmother us. She's Alice. She's literally Alice from Akatar. It's the same. Yeah. But to me, they are both very fairy godmother us. 100%. Yeah, exactly. So Philippa finds candy in selena's room and it's like a pound selena eats most of the candy Uh and then later dorian shows up and he says happy you'll miss and he discovered oh it was three pounds of candy and so he's like you weren't supposed to eat the whole thing i was going to eat some of it with you and selena's like whatever i ate the whole thing (laughs) he also found he also gives her a puppy which which is fleetfoot so that's another fun little Fleetfoot does not gain her name in this chapter no, she does not. It's and, later. Yes, it is. It is like a few chapters later, but mm-hmm. we'll, I don't know if we're going to go through that one. So it's like, just wanted to call out that her name is Lipa. And then again, Selena is concerned about Nehemia. So yeah, moving on to chapter 37, this is when we have our love. There's a few things. Number one, we see the priestesses with the eight-pointed yeah. star, which I know Avery loves. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I know you love that. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know, the eight-pointed star plays an important role in both Crescent City and Akatar. Things that you need to be on the lookout for in any form of reread of Sarah J. Mass are uh, robe colors and eight-pointed stars. Yes. So that is a very interesting thing. Um, the other reason we want to bring this up is because at the Yule Miss ceremony, I guess mm-hmm. there is a represent, there's a child who is representing every God or goddess and they are going through and they are gifting things. And yeah. the one that is representing Deanna goes up and immediately gives something to Selena, right. which is important. Right. That's the procession of the gods. Yes. So that is an important little call out that she received something from Deanna and that arrow is important. Also keep that in mind. Yes. She's given an arrow and Slade is like, great. I'll use this as like a paperweight. I think it's like kind of essentially what she says, but that's not what she does with it. She uses it for something else. Chapter 38 is for anyone who doesn't know the history of Throne of Glass. I'm going to give it to you in like two seconds. Throne Mm -hmm. of Glass was originally published on fiction press. It was called, uh, I believe it was called Queen of Glass. I think is what the title was. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was a solely... Cinderella retelling. That was the whole purpose of this was that it was a Cinderella retelling. The way Sarah J. Mass describes it is she had this vision of uh, Cinderella running down the stairs. She said, instead of her running out of like fear, what if it was like she was an assassin and she was like running away? So that is how this whole thing got started. And this chapter is literally the Cinderella chapter. So there is, oh, there's also a little uh, Yulba's gift from Kale, which is essentially that she can go to the party, mm-hmm. just don't do anything rash. Right. Um, but she does dance with Dorian. Basically, she says, would you have danced with me? And Kale says that if Duke Harrington wasn't there, he would have said yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's your Cinderella moment. Yeah, I'm wondering. Chapter 39 is when Dorian kisses Selena. Yep. Great. Moving on. Okay. Moving all the way to 41. This is when we see word marks and they're trying to summon the demon. Um, yeah. This, and- this chapter is wild. Yeah. So first off, we see that Selena gets a book and she finds out that the 
demon that is being summoned is called Ritterac. Ritterac, yeah. And it looks like you uh and if you have the Patreon notes, there's a link to the like description, like to an image of the Ritterac and more information on it. You can literally click it. It is terrifying. It is terrifying. It sounds, in my opinion, awfully similar to the Adder from Throne from Akatar, mm-hmm. but also the Crystallos demon from Crescent City. The difference is the Crystallos demon was the blood was clear on that. Yes. So there's there's um, differences in in the descriptions for all of them, but they are they behave very similarly. Yes. And so that is that's the call out. Yeah. So we're not saying that they're the same because we don't think they are, but we're Uh, not, not saying that they could be from the same realm planet planet. Yeah. I was gonna say realm, but yeah. Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Layer. Yeah. (laughs) Layer. Um, Norse mythology. You're welcome. I'm thinking, what do you think of like layer three or above? Like I, I, I think that like chasm the pit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay, cool. So that's the only reason we want to call out chapter 41, 42. Uh, she runs into Kane who is summoning the demon. Yeah. Um, it's Hey, heads up. It's not Nehemia. <laughs> it's yeah. Spoiler alert. Not Nehemia. Um, <laughs> and then we also see that King kind of transforms a little bit. We forgot to call it out, but very early on, I think it's like that. I honestly think it was chapter 12. Kane is described as wearing the ring. Yes. He so, is wearing a ring. So if you pay attention, he's wearing the ring very early and he's yeah. been wearing it this whole time. Mm-hmm. Just so I just want to call that the, out. Really the, and not it's if you're not picking up what we're putting down, it is the same ring that the Duke and the King are wearing. Exactly. Yes. Um, it is the same like obsidian torquey vibes. Okay. Well, we're not calling it torquey because no. <laughs> Right. That's just Dorian. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but I will say this chapter. So this chapter is like, what am I, y'all know how much I love a good uh, moral peril. So this chapter is really intense um, and it does end with Nehemia saving her, which is also when she was, y'all, she was going to die. She was going to die. She was going to die. And Nehemia was like, let me come and save the day. And then Selena's like, oh, you're not the one causing all the problems. So passes out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Then we then we get to chapter forty three, which is Selena waking up, and this is when Nehemia says, "Oh, your name is Alentia." Yeah. Thank you so much, Nehemia, for that spirit that could not be broken. Yes. So this is a great chapter, but Selena does say, "I am not who I pretend to be." Lillian doesn't exist, and Nehemia doesn't say anything. She says, "My name is Selena Sardothian," and you can tell that Nehemia is like. Okay, babe. Okay. Well, Selena. Okay. (laughs) It's just kind of funny. And the chapter ends with the arrival of the king. Yes. So the king is fine because the king's been gone this whole time. (laughs) He's been gone. So he has returned. He has returned alone. He has returned alone. But he went to a certain location. What happened to the original plot of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) He is returned alone. But he went. He went alone. He went with. No, like, he had traveling companions. Oh well, right. But he didn't go. I and, thought you meant like he didn't go with like no. the Duke or anyone. No, 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 no. But his all, all, all of his friends are dead. All of his friends are dead. <laughs> or maybe they became Wyvern Lunch because that's where he was. You did piece that together, yeah. right? 
Okay. Yeah, of course I, I did. Okay, I, just, I figured. I'm just making sure. Okay, th- guys, I'm not that helpless. Okay. <laughs> well, I know some people may not piece together. So I'm going to say he was, for anyone wondering, and this isn't a huge spoiler, he was checking on the wyverns. Yeah. Okay, just pointing that out. Anyways, um, going to skip all the way to uh, basically the last like five chapters. The only thing I want to bring up is in 45, that's when Knox leaves. And Knox makes a great statement, which he calls her Queen of the Underworld, which is again a call out to Assassin's Blade. And Knox, five. what? Name count. Oh, thank you. Yes. Five. Yeah. So that is a call to Assassin's Blade. And then he mentions, I think you're going to win this whole thing. And he like, pieces out. Goodbye, well, my favorite, My favorite part about the whole speech is that when she tells him everything without telling him everything, yeah. she says, if I were you and I, my life did not depend upon me staying, I would have been halfway out of Aurelia by now. Like, mm-hmm. what are you still doing? You're not going to win this. Yeah. So you may as well just get out now. Yeah. Um, and and he thanks her. He says, You could have just essentially let me die. Like, yeah, 100 percent Yeah. And that's what I love about their relationship is that they they've been allies from the start. And Knox is always like considered her an equal, which is not something that the rest of the champions really gave her. Yeah. And we didn't really go well, we didn't go over exactly. I she hate. ain't an equal. She's superior to all of them. She 100% is. We didn't really talk about the trial portion because yeah. number one, we don't really care. Number Nobody two wants to talk about that. <laughs> number two, I hate trials. If you don't know that about me, I can't stand them. The Sorry. one thing I will bring up is in the trials, you're right. Every single champion they and even kale was like oh stay in the middle stay in the middle don't be don't be in the lead don't be in the lead like, right stay in the middle like you know get in the middle whatever um and there was a few instances where she was like screw all of you i'm gonna prove you wrong and i thought those were great so just want to point that out what i also appreciated about Knox was he how quickly he put everything together he said you did not you were not staying in the town of Endovier. You were in Endovier. Yes. Would I have known when you went to the mine? And she said, all heard everyone of, knew of when I went to the mine. And he and then he shocks her by the end of it, basically, when he says goodbye by calling her Selena. Yes. So he he fully and we don't see him. He again figured until it out. Ash. <laughs> we're like, OK, we'll see you in Kingdom of Ash. So it's so nice meeting you. So nice seeing you. Lovely. See but you his fan it. art is great. Yeah. Knox is great. Yeah. He's got some great fan art. So he's gone. Yeah. He's anyway, last, the, these last five chapters, which is 50 through 55, really only want to talk about a few things when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. Number one, this is wild because I didn't notice until the second time I read it that when this final duel is taking place, number one, we do have to call out the fact that Caltane has been tricked at this point by the Duke to poison Selena, which Selena, my gal, we need to learn how to read some poisons because you get almost poisoned twice in this book and then twice in- The future book. In Crown of Midnight. Mm -hmm. And then again in Assassin's Blade. So like, we got to work on that. It's not a great look, if I'm going to be totally honest. But anyways- so Caltain is, is kind of doing this side thing, which is mm-hmm. going on. Dorian and Kale are essentially like, we got to get Selena to win. Like this is, you know, it. right. Nehemia is 
kind of all knowing, but also like is there to be a rebel, but also support Selena. Right. And then the king and the duke are like, no, she ain't winning. Kane's winning. Like they've right. already rigged the system. So right. that is like the setup for this duel, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to bring up is during the duel, when Selena is finally poisoned and she's like wobbly and Dorian and Kale figure this out. It is very, Dorian and Kale mentioned it multiple times that at this point they can't step in because if they step in, the King's going to forfeit the whole thing. And then Selena's going to go back to Endovier and they know she can't survive it. So it's like, they right. have to watch all of this from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And then Nehemia secretly busts out some word marks. And that is how elena comes in and we also get this crazy portal opening (laughs) cough cough hell realm but whatever and kane also which i freaked out the second time i read it he said he makes some comments to her that are clearly in reference to to that he knows exactly who she is he knows exactly who she is but this is the part that always blew my mind is the reason he knows exactly who she is is because of the Valg inside of him. How did they not translate that to him? The Duke, you know, like how did, how did they not just tell that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah, every, I time, do. every time I read it, I'm like, wait, so Kane how- knew who she was. So Kane knows who, she- who she is. Yes. Because of the Valg. And like he fully Valg- don't tell, you know, Duke? Duke about yeah. it. Yeah, that's Come weird. On. That's weird to me. Come I'm like, on. That's bizarre. I'm like, that seems kind of weird. Really but I also think it's super interesting because he like he literally says like, "Oh, your mother was beautiful." Like all these all these things, and it and it gets it gets to Selena, but then but then Elena comes in and she helps remove the poison, and that's all she can do. Selena right. eventually kicks major ass doesn't kill him but she she does you know quite a bit and kane is the one that says you are all here players in a game like yeah and that to me is the epitome of a sarah j mouse book regardless mm-hmm. if it's akatar crescent city throne of glass they all she does this you're all here players of the game mm-hmm. for this final moment in every single series it's happening yep. in crescent city it's happening in akatar it it was first started in throne of glass yeah it's one of my favorite lines i think it is an iconic line in the series absolutely and then kale is the one that kills kane that is correct it messes with kale it's tough on kale because it is his first big death it's a it's a big deal for him yeah it's uh, it's the first person that he has killed and watched the like light leave their eyes like Yes. And then the Duke throws Caltain under the bus and she gets dragged to, yeah. to the dungeons below. And then we discover what happens to her in Crown of Midnight. So that is kind of essentially what happens. Moving on to 53 through 55. These are the last. So it's about a week later. Selena is healing from her injuries. Selena dreams in 53. There's a quote that says when she finally did sleep, her dreams were filled with archaic words and long forgotten faces with word marks that glowed blue with a king with a dead army summoned from the from the realms of hell upon waking she did about. <laughs> Wait. I know. <laughs> no, Sarah, because it gets better. Because in chapter 54, 
you get dreamwalking. She often visited the tomb in her dreams to slay the Ritterac again, to be trapped inside Elena's sarcophagus, to face a featureless young woman with golden hair and a crown far too heavy for her to bear. But tonight, tonight, it was just her and Elena, and the tomb was filled with moonlight, not a sign to be seen of the Ritterac's corpse. Okay. Um, I'm just going to move on. So uh, we have to move on for this. We have to move on for this. But yes, take note. Um, yeah, take note of chapter 53. The um, Then I'm just going to bring up my favorite quote, which is in chapter 54. It's the iconic quote of Throne of Glass, mm-hmm. which is, you could rattle the stars. You could do anything if you only dared deep down. You know it too. And that's what scares you the most. But before that, Elena says, you could be It's different. my favorite quote. You could be great, greater than me, than any of us. So it's, and then, and, and, and Elena does a lot of symbolic things where she, she touches Selena's forehead. She sees a blue light flash across Elena's face. Selena's mark burned and then faded because that mark was on Selena's forehead. It is also what happens earlier in the book. We, we kind of, or I mean, earlier in these 50 chapters, the King of Otterlin wants to know what that mark is on her forehead. He's never right. seen it before. He He's wants never to seen that word right before. Yeah. Also, there one of my favorite little moments from Elena is at the end of chapter 54 and it's when she bows her head because Selena thanks her and she says blood ties can't be broken yes and there the other thing too to mention about that king of otterland chapter is that is when we are con- that is when it is confirmed that the duke and the king were essentially testing caltain with some stuff to see if she Mm -hmm. was susceptible and she was so she basically fell for their trap which is Mm -hmm. sad Um, and then um only one other thing from chapter 55 that i found wholly ironic upon the reread was um kale it's from kale he says selena sardothian the king's champion and she says what about it he says i like the sound of it do you (sighs) Do you, Kale? The other thing to note, which I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but the line that says, do you want to know what your first mission will be? And she says, tell me tomorrow. Yeah. That is the same line. That is the last line in Kingdom of Ash. Mm-hmm. It is Rowan. Rowan says, can I give you a suggestion? And she says, tell me tomorrow. Yeah. So it's a fun little call out. And that only took us two hours. Two hours. Okay. Anyways, so I, I think when we were going through everything, because I know we mentioned at the at the start of this that we would go through like our favorite quotes as well. But I think we kind of called them out as that we came across. Them. Yeah. So for me, my favorite quote is the are you married yet married? I'm 19. Yes, but mm-hmm. you're the crown prince. And he says, because I can't stomach the idea of marrying a woman inferior to me in mind and spirit, it would mean the death of my soul, which is from Dorian. So that is one of my favorite lines. And then the other is the rattled stars. I have a couple that weren't mentioned. So uh, I know we talked early on about music. So um, one of my favorite quotes is I like music because when I hear it, I lose myself within myself. It may if that makes sense, I become empty and full all at once. And I can feel the whole earth roiling around me when I play. I'm not for once. I'm not destroying. I'm creating. So I love that. Then there's a whole, a whole quote that I just love about because let's just be honest, menstrual cycles play like a huge role in 
this book series for some reason. Yeah. And she literally is like yelling at Dorian while he's trying to like tease her. And she's just in so much pain. She's like, go away. Oh, but and then- Kale runs. Kale runs out of the room. That's like the best part. Too. Uh-huh. But my favorite probably quote from this book in its entirety is we all bear scars, Dorian. Mine just happened to be more visible than most. And yes. that's something, you know, Dorian should really kind of take to his heart and remember. Yes, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I want to bring up is something we're going to do for each book. We're going to give an MVP character who was like the most, most valuable player in the in Throne of Glass. And we both agreed that it was Elena for this. Yeah. She was actually helpful in this book. Well, okay. It's, deba- it's debatable, but you know, she so, was more helpful. She, so what is interesting about Elena in this book is that there's, there's a moment towards the end where she talks about, even when you don't want my help, I will be there to help you. Yes. And that is the epitome of what Elena is trying to do throughout this entire series is all she's trying to do is help. Yes. She's not always successful, but it is she's, what she's trying to do. She, she has good intentions. Yeah. Intentions matter. Intentions matter. So thank you, Elena. And I feel like out of all of the books, this is probably the one where she is the most valuable. Yeah. She provides value in other books for different reasons, but right. other characters but like, are more important. Right. And then on top of that, like, this is the book where we get selena gets the eye of elena which plays a major role so like there there are things that tools and knowledge that selena is given from elena in this book that help in future books so that's why she is this book's mvp also just personally she's the mvp because she was the reason i stuck with this book okay well that's fair yeah so but that was great we yeah we did it we did it, <laughs> we did it. but anyways thank you guys so much yeah, for listening for to us. us we promise we will not be concise so that's about as concise as we get guys so that was 55 chapters we did pretty yeah. good 55 chapters and, and, you know i mean kingdom just go ahead and prepare yourselves for the kingdom of ash one that guys. might need that might need to be a part one part two honestly yeah it's gonna have to be yeah, I'm the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, maybe we should divide that one. Too <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Um, if you don't know, you can follow up both of us on TikTok. Yes. Mine is under at Rosebud Moan. And I am, oh, mine's complicated. I'm Freckles in Fiction, but it's, it's Freckles, freckles and underscore and underscore fiction. So like frame and with underscores and you're good. Yeah. And if you're listening to this while the episodes are coming out, don't forget to join our mass read along. So um, this episode is going live. And then the next day we are live on YouTube. It's a more casual conversation about the yes. class um, mm-hmm. with some of our friends. And then just keep in mind that the lives are full series spoilers for that yes. particular series yes not for all of sarah j mass but so i will be talking about manon and Ilied and elena and, and lorkin and lorkin oh god let's not <laughs> I, got, I got through this episode without hearing his name so lorkin uh, lorkin 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 uh, god uh but yeah so so thank you again for listening we hope you we hope you enjoyed it and we will see you guys soon yeah bye guys bye